Hello and welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics <laughs> Podcast, episode 68, Yarmir Yager. I did say that that's what we were going to get. Uh, yeah, of course. How could I forget Jeremir Jager? That, that was Mario. one of the things that, well, that was the thing. When I went to college uh, back in the day, and this was, you know, uh, I went to West Virginia, so number one there. So it's just outside of Pittsburgh, uh, you know, where Morgantown, West Virginia is. It's like, uh, you know, an hour drive, 45 minutes or so. Yeah. So there was a lot of Pittsburgh fans there. I was already a Penguins fan, but this was in the, you know, 90s, early 90s. That was the heyday. Uh, you know, they won their two <laughs> cups then. I actually ended up at the... uh the airport to see both cups come into Pittsburgh because I had a couple friends, but uh, that was one of the things when I went to school, uh, I go and this one guy is like, Oh man, what do you like? I'm like, oh, I'm really into hockey stuff like that. And he's like, Oh man, I do too. I like that Mario Lamiax. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? And I, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> you know him yeah. real well. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you probably also like Luck Robitelli as yeah. well. And, and Jeremy Jager. But yeah, this guy was, he was kind of a, a tool. I wonder That's how you would say Pat LaFontaine. Uh, Pat LaFontaine is how I would say that. <laughs> yes, he's there. And Alexander Mologilani. Yes. He, he would like. How I spell it. Yes. But we are here for episode 68 and a little uh, hockey talk, impromptu hockey talk. That, that sort of thing is what I was told at one point by, I forget who. Somebody's like, you can't talk sports, you can't talk politics, and you can't talk religion on the podcast. I'm like, I got two of those, but sports I like talking about basically. Yeah, why, why is sports? Well, his no concept no. was basically like, um, I got on, I'm like, hey, you know, my Eagles, and then all of a sudden everybody in Dallas is tuning out. They're like, you know, the heck with him. <laughs> or, or, you know, I'm sitting there like, boy, you know, my favorite guy, uh, Gronk. And then all those Buffalo fans. And then are I'm out. tuning out. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's, that was kind <laughs> of the deal, but we kind of roll that way. But yeah, this is episode 68, weekend edition. We have four books and some mail tonight, but I will mention we have a website that we have been lax on the past couple yes. of weeks. I, I have had problems. I didn't really but mention we on switched this. switched up the schedule and that, that killed my like review days. Yeah, it's so weird too though, schedule because again. we, we switched it up to have able to do Wednesday reviews. Yeah. And then I got busy on Wednesday too, and then Thursday's even more busy now. So I don't know what's going we'll on. Figure it out this we'll week. We'll figure it. That's out. my goal. Well, my other thing is I didn't mention on this podcast, but my wife was in a car accident last week, and that has really kind of screwed up all of my things. Yeah. I, I should tell her. I, I think that might be a little selfish to get yeah. mad at her. You really messed up my reviews yeah. and podcasting by getting in that accident. By my, hitting yeah, that my, pole. my kid projectile vomiting was part of my reasoning too. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that'll throw yeah, I'm a still, at I'm things. still catching up uh, to all the things and stuff like that. Even at the DC podcast, we ended up doing a bunch of books that we missed last week because of all this nonsense and things like that. So we're here though for the weekend edition. I think everything We'll try. We'll try to get everything into a kind of uh, a set form and you know a scheduling sort of thing. But I will mention we have that website, uh, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. We also have a Twitter, WS Marvel Comics, where you can talk to us on that. And we have a email, WeirdScienceMarvelComics at gmail.com, and we will get to the mail in the middle of this show. We have three mails, not as many as last week, though. No. I, I was going About to, half. yeah, I was going to mention that we we would do the mail again. Again, Saturday night, 
Uh, and I forgot. I forgot, and then I <laughs> fell asleep. And I've been sleeping a lot lately. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I, I said, I think, if I put a TV show on, I go out pretty quick. Yeah, it's same the, here. The rule of thumb nowadays. My, my, my problem that I've had, too, is uh, if people you know are just new to us on this podcast, uh, I am a guy who has zero attention span. I've had a lot of issues with that throughout my life. And I was one who was, you know, they diagnosed me with adult ADHD, whatever they, they call it. <laughs> so they had put me on Adderall at one point, and I wasn't really digging how it felt, and I, I was having problems with it and stuff like that. So I stopped uh, taking it, and now I'm back on. The, the, I was uh, highly suggested by my family and they gave me the nudge, nudge that I may to need back to get back to the on drugs. that. Yeah, because what happens is, and if anybody has been on that, and one of the reasons why I kind of was thrown off by it is, and also at one point they made me go on Zoloft, and that made me a zombie. But then I go on Adderall, and like, oh, you're you were so much happier. When you're on Adderall. And I'm like, I, I don't think that's why they're going to give it to me. The doctor isn't prescribing it to yes. me as, as happy pills here. Alter, yes. But they end up saying it, and then I, I get threats and things. Like, if, if you're not going to do it, then this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, all right. So I started taking it again. I, I think maybe they lost my original prescription and kind of <laughs> changed it up. It's either not a, a as much of a slow release. Like, I had that timed release stuff telling you i i take this and it hits me like a freight train and, and it's not that i'm happy i am jittery i'm, I'm all <laughs> over the place and so that even and that has led me and also it, it's funny too where you say that and a lot of times you know you, you take adderall and people do abuse adderall i mean that is that is one of the most abused drugs in my mind that and painkillers probably and maybe meth uh, but when I take Adderall, a lot of times it does hit me. I get jittery. Then I pass out. I, I fall asleep. And it does the exact opposite. I'm having problems. Uh, but we also have a Patreon where you can go and listen to a bunch of shows, including a show that I have with my wife where I yell and scream at her about such things as being on Adderall and coming up uh, about the car accident. But the also a lot of Marvel stuff, too. So if you're listening to this and want some more Marvel talk, I mean, I know that we already have two podcasts a week, but if that is not enough, for you go over to patreon.com slash weird science where we have a bunch of other things and dc comics and indie comic stuff as well this past week we had a patreon only spotlight that is picked by the bad butts of the fresh start crew and they picked war of the realms number one they they ended up grabbing the uh, the yes. big book so we did and, cover it we're not yeah we did it. cover it and, and me and you had a good time with it uh, you yeah, know it's and better than i thought it would be yeah and I'll, I'll tell that. everybody right now that you know if they want to go over there we were we were pretty positive on war of the realms uh we talked about it in the kind of light of how we went into it you with a little more of jason aaron's thor you know background and me with less and to me, I was very surprised that it was pretty new user friendly. I, I had some issues a little with Spidey, which I seem to have and, and people yell at me about. Yeah. Um, but I was than, with you on that, though. I didn't think he sounded. It was just I, I, I it wasn't the, the right voice. jokes. But yeah, yeah like, you know, you had the point about Starro, too, later on in the DC stuff. And, yeah. and I agreed more with that. Like when it's time to get serious, let me know it's a serious yeah. time. You know, And, and, and that's where uh, Eric, actually, I was talking to Eric about this. And Eric said one of the things he remembers just off the top of his head, if he talks about Spider-Man in big moments, it was in House of M, where you have jokey Spider-Man. Spider-Man's jokey. 
and he crashes, just smashes a table by smashing his fist into it because he he's mad and wants to have things, you know, work out and change back to what they were supposed to be. And Eric said to this day, that is something that sticks with him. When you get Spidey in these events, he is one of the triggers to show that it it's business yeah, it's time when time, he yeah. isn't joking. And that's what I kind of wish. And maybe we'll get that from him. But my my theory just from this and not just from Marvel, because, again, I, I'm not, a, a, you know, as learned to make theories like this. But in comics in general, a lot of times when writers go in and they write a character that they haven't been writing, they do tend to go a little bit past what the line usually yeah. is. They you know what I the mean? Character stereotypes. Yeah, they get the. Sta- yeah. And, and it ends up to me ending up being more of a caricature than a character. Uh, you have that with Deadpool. Sometimes you'll have it with Harley Quinn over at DC when there is a character that is you know really over the top with some things or really has like a couple things they're known for you know somebody grabs deadpool or harley next thing you know they're breaking the fourth wall as if it's breaking (laughs) the 70th wall they're doing it so many times and stuff like that uh which will come up uh, a little bit later when we talk about the books because there is uh you know in domino you have deadpool but gail simone has already written deadpool so she does a pretty good job but uh right now so if you wanted to listen to our war of the realms uh book which is one of my favorites of the week you go over to patreon.com slash weird science and you'll be able to listen to that also this coming up week we have the patreon only show next week and i do want to try to get two books on it and if we did go by that right now it would be web of venom cold of carnage number one and friendly neighborhood spider-man number five so two pretty big books there also Coming up this month, sometime when me and you can get our schedule together, we will start our Marvel event podcast where we go through the events uh, in the Marvel Universe with within the timeline. We're going to follow a timeline. The first one is the Kree Scroll War from 1971, yeah. uh, which kind of ties into the Captain Marvel. I, movie. I opened the book the other day, started reading a little bit of it, and the the cover looks way more modern than the inside. Yeah, it does. So yeah, I'm telling you. The book, I was like, whoa. This is, this is not exactly a uh, rave uh, review to do this, but I tried reading it twice and fell asleep. But I, I was doing it late at night. And it does uh, end up that story was in Avengers 89 and 97. But, yeah, we're going to start that. Yeah, it's it's 19, It's definitely 1971, that one. <laughs> you really go. And uh, and we're going to try to do these. And most of these are on the Marvel Unlimited app as well, so people can follow along with that. And also this month, we're planning on two Marvel Back Issues podcasts, one with me and Brandon doing She-Hulk number one, which is a uh, – it's a weird issue that was kind of a throwaway or throw-in issue because they wanted to be able to get the copyright they, they wanted to get shield and so stan lee uh did it and supposedly like nobody liked it i loved it i love that first issue it's so goofy <laughs> i haven't read that one. oh it's so goofy it's so fun uh to me and and it looks awesome but also me and red you're planning to do strange tales number 110 which is dr strange first appearance so we have a lot of things going on at patreon we just say go over and check it out and if you sign up now, you will not be charged till May. And if you don't like it, you can quit before then and never be charged at all and break my heart, as me and Eric often say. But we have four books tonight, like I, I said earlier. 
And so we better get to it because we got a couple big mails as well. But we're going to start with Domino Hotshots number two. And that's written by Gail Simone, art by David Valdeon, colors by Jim Cherilampaladis, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. When an ancient extraterrestrial artifact made landfall in Antarctica, it infected the doctor that touched it with immense power. Then both the doctor and the artifact disappeared. Domino and her posse, Outlaw, Diamondback, and Atlas Bear were approached by international super spies Black Widow and White Fox to track down the artifact and reclaim it. Together they found the doctor in Argentina, but he got away when Deadpool arrived. And that was the ending. That was the cliffhanger. And and I'll tell you, that little blurb there was a lot more info than what I got out of that first issue. When we talked about the first issue... I thought that, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a little confusing. I I thought that it wasn't as great as I was hoping. I was looking forward to this book. I like Gail Simone a lot. So I was a little confused. I'll tell you right now, I like this issue more. Uh, I think that we're kind of, I wouldn't say that you're pushing the story forward much. And this is only a five issue, uh, you know, mini series. So that worries me a little. But I like the character moments, and I like Deadpool in this. I did like Domino, uh, and I liked, you know, a, bu- a bunch of things about this. But really, you don't really go forward. You're just basically going to have everybody trash-talking each Deadpool, other yeah. with Deadpool and, and have Outlaw continuing to kind of look at her hand that has Trying that, to figure you know, out what's going on still, yeah. Yeah, that she was infected. And you do see at one point that she does kind of enter some other realm type thing that she sees yeah, the she's beginning like of seeing, the universe uh, with celestials. Domino, especially at one point, kind of like Matrixy a little bit, yeah, she looks. Yeah. And she even sees the Celestials and all this. So it is definitely something big. They do spell out in this like, hey, this is something. And, and Deadpool even, you know, this is something that can kind of change everything. This makes reality into what you want and all this. So Deadpool is there. And the big reveal is who his who has hired him to go and get this and it's tony stark and it feels a little off yeah uh, to me. i didn't i don't understand that twist in any way shape or form yeah so that's the big thing to go forward is to see that but in the meantime it kind of comes out of nowhere to yeah, be it does. <laughs> and so but i did like you know the back and forth with the girls with deadpool deadpool's pretty funny uh you know those you, are the parts of this issue i liked yeah when we started getting towards yeah. the climax i lost a little bit of interest kind yeah, of yeah i did as well i still like this but you even have a grease reference that was pretty good <laughs> you have the i got chills they're multiplying and, and stuff and and you do have that background with outlaw and and Deadpool because Outlaw was first in the Deadpool book and a creation of Gail Simone. So you have that when they're mentioning like, man, we were lovers once time and, uh, you know, all this, you know, that's from the run before. So that's cool. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty much Deadpool's there. The girls are pissed. They're going to fight. Now, in the meantime, they are there and Deadpool's there. They were trying to get that artifact. That's gone. That, that disappeared. The scientists left with that. So they're wasting a bunch of time, it seems, and and yeah. wasting a lot of time with just the yakety yak. I didn't mind it though. You got uh, you know, a couple nice jokes. You got some things going on, but by the end, once you get the reveal that Tony Stark sent them, 
it does take a, a weird turn. And uh, they end up going and they're going to go off to find the artifact because they even say, listen, we can trace this artifact. We can track it. It's giving off a, a signature. Now, in the meantime, you do have Outlaw. She's infected, but she's, you know, not letting anybody know, really. She doesn't want anybody to touch her. Uh, but when they, they reveal the Tony and they go, they get in. And one thing that I appreciated in this that kind of, I think, kind of puts it in the line of what you had a problem with last year issue is when they do all decide to join up deadpool joins in as well they get into the the ship to go off and they're like hey listen everybody right now we have to decide here because this artifact we're going after can it's all powerful no government should be able to control this who are your allegiances to are they to your government are we going to be in allegiance yeah, to we're destroy be against this each thing? other are we doing this together basically. yeah are we yeah and and if we don't if we're not with each other then this ends now yeah, and so off. everybody <laughs> yeah everybody who are you for because at one point you do have and to me again if you want to have a reference to this a sports reference movie it's the movie miracle where they keep saying, like, who are you from? And uh, Boston University. And finally, they, Michael Ruzioni's like, um, Team America, Team USA. And they get to go. And this is where Domino says, hey, you know, we're going to destroy this. Who's with me? Are you with your country? Are you with us? Raise your hand. And they're doing it. And, of course, there's White Fox, who who is the last, like, you know, <laughs> she's looking. She, she finally kind of begrudgingly raises her hand. But it does set up what you said last issue about the idea of, you know, I don't understand. They're a team, but they it is spelled out here pretty much that Domino really doesn't know half of these. Yeah. You know, that she doesn't know them. They're kind of thrown in with this. The and team that, to kill this. Yeah, yeah. So I actually like that that is spelled out. And I thought right when I read it, I'm like, oh, at least Brandon gets this answer that they really, you know, aren't a full-blown team yet. Um, I would guess that the way you become a team is number one, you fight Deadpool, yes. and number two, you get attacked by Tony Stark drone. You know, the the luring him on your side doesn't hurt things either. No, and and where I said, you know, just a, a couple minutes ago about Gail Simone writing Deadpool, I, I mean, she has written Deadpool, and I like this Deadpool because. Like I said, a lot of people get Deadpool and he, he is cracking jokes. That's going to be what happens. But Domino's there to remind everybody that Deadpool is pretty vicious. And when Deadpool stops joking, you know, that, that's it. You're in big trouble because he will just kill everyone. And I, and I like that. I actually like that she kind of reminds everybody this is a Deadpool that isn't just going to be, you know, yelling jokes. And if you saw the movies, you know, and things like that, this is the Deadpool she's writing. And, and where I have had problems a lot of times with Gail Simone, I like Gail Simone a lot. I really like her Batgirl in the new 52 of the DC, you know, DC Universe deal. Um, The issue is that wasn't as jokey. When she gets real over-the-top jokey, I think she starts losing my interest. You know, we even said, like a Chip Zdarsky. We like Chip Zdarsky a lot better when he's more serious than full-out jokes. I like him definitely in the more serious character. Yeah, and and that's how I... Gail Simone can be pretty dark and can be... But sometimes she loses her way, gets lost in pop culture references, gets 
it's like, and it does lend to the characters that she does as well. I mean, the most recent thing she did at DC was Plastic Man, yeah. which is kind of goofy, but that kind of lost me. But this I like. This issue I like. They go and they get attacked by Tony Stark and the Falsies, and Domino's pissed because really that is like, you know, Tony Stark doesn't even have the, you know, he doesn't even think we're worth the the effort to even come himself or even to watch what's going on and they just they fight the falsies they're fighting these iron men who are going there to take them down and that's pretty much you know the deal that that they're there trying to go and they are going to crash that the whole place is going to blow up you have all the girls going through all of their powers you have you know you get to see outlaw punching people you get to see white fox do her thing yeah they all have their moments of trash talk yeah yeah they all have the trash talk and and then you get diamondback rachel who you know domino's like listen you got to do your thing she's like really like if i do my thing we're we're gonna die i mean we're (laughs) we're flying in the air we're we're gonna crash and they're like no no do your thing and only way yeah and as we see it's like everybody's just flying out in the air gonna die but yeah then it says next like icarus softly falling and uh yeah i like this the problem is again is there's only five issues and we're two issues in and the story really hasn't progressed yeah. at all were, were you at a couple points thinking this wasn't deadpool because he almost had like a terminator eye yeah he did kind of and and really the other thing that got me and i think that my, though the falsies coming let they say you know those other iron men threw me off because really the the hologram of Tony didn't quite look like Tony. It looked like Howard Stark to yeah. me a bit more. Yeah, and I, did, it, I I thought it was going to be kind of some hacker casting Tony's image and screwing with him I for thought, a while. But then but when it, that uh, when that army comes, you think, okay, well maybe this is. But even yeah. the thing with you know, oh man, you know he's so arrogant, he didn't even need to supervise it. Maybe that's the tell that this isn't. Maybe this is a false version of the iron men suits that came here to fight them it just it seems weird that tony would get involved with this and not get a hold of black widow stuff like that or even like the idea of what he would want to do with this and it's not an avengers thing it's just a tony stark thing feels off it, it yeah. does feel I, know, off. I agree it's it and gets I, weird at and i'm wondering if maybe deadpool has been duped into doing this by a false tony but yeah but with that i'm wondering how it goes but like i said i, I like this more the last one I think we were like in the fives for it. Uh, I like this more. I'm going to go six, eight. I could go up to a seven, but we, we didn't really progress the story yeah. much. You know, you, you set up uh, just a couple things. You get Deadpool fully on the team with them and then get this thing with Tony Stark. And then Outlaw, you continue a little bit. That seems to be what will be the big important thing that yeah, she's she seems infected. to be the main attraction really yeah, here. Yeah. The one kind of luring them or going to wrap yeah. the scientist up once and for all, yeah. really. Yeah, so I have to see it. I like the art a lot. Lot, though i thought the art was really good yeah, i do dig the art yeah what would you give it i'm gonna give it a six five uh just again because it do- doesn't move forward ton of words here to kind of just say uh you know trash talk and, and a bit of the same thing over and over again really uh recapping yeah. last issue a bit too but uh you know it's a it's a book i enjoy so if it, if you enjoyed the domino book that came yeah. before this i think this is a little bit uh I enjoyed, more the same yeah. you'll like so and i enjoyed this issue a lot more than the first and actually 
it, this now is something, and this 6-8 that I add is a positive 6-8 in my mind because now I'm looking forward to this and you're like, okay, we'll continue with this. Uh, there's a book later that I might actually, you know, throw up to a vote to maybe stop. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I did, I did like it. So we're going to move on. And because of that, we're going to move on to the next book and we're going to keep a theme here. Yes. And we're going to go the Deadpool, Deadpool and you can take that, Brendan. Yes. This is Deadpool written by Scotty Young and art by Scott Hepburn with colors by Ian Hearing and letters by Jeff Eckleberry breaking the VCs yeah, monopoly VCs, once again. Yes, really. So in present day, a brutal killer called Goodnight was stealing Deadpool's jobs. Frustrated, Deadpool laid a trap that worked a little too well. Goodnight appeared and gave Deadpool a beating that knocked him out cold. When Wade awoke, he discovered Goodnight has taken something else from him, his bones. Yes, yeah. We we and ended with his bones out of him. At least we get Stan Soapbox out of the way real early in this uh, issue. Yeah, I look- you know what? <laughs> we also did uh, – also had that in uh, – in the domino where it was like one or two pay- i'm like getting in and there's the soapbox i'm like all right here we go i guess this thing <laughs> is an enemy. Enemy. <laughs> yeah it is it's become my enemy uh when we go into this when people see the uh books that we're talking about tonight especially the people in the slack chat and i will mention that if you're in the patreon yeah uh, we you get an invite to the slack chat where everybody talks and it's become very uh big marvel talk as you know i yeah, even lately. have a couple i have a couple it's ogs that, that are way. like what it's happened like, to this like the marvel <laughs> It doesn't even get relegated to the Marvel Channel no, anymore. It starts no. drifting into Yeah, we have a Marvel <laughs> Channel, and it's in the regular. I, I have one guy, he's like, well, what does this turn into? The Marvel talk? What's going on? I said, you got to start talking DC. But when when people see the books that we're talking about tonight, the the big one that people have been talking about, you know, it's going to be what we end with, is Amazing Spider-Man 1882. Uh, yeah. The Gibbons story, where everybody was like, oh, man, that was so good. It's so good. Wait do you read it. Oh, man, you're going to cry at the end and all this. So I'm going in. I'm like, okay, at least people really like one of these issues, and I hope I like it. I was so shocked. This might be my favorite issue of the week. This Deadpool, yes, and, and I, like I this oh my god, too. I like this issue so much. I, I actually, and, and you know, what? I'm really sad because I hear Scotty Young's leaving this series, yeah. and ever since a rocky beginning, I, I feel like he's kind of found his groove, and I, I really I enjoy too. this book. And I'm telling you, if anybody, and we we keep kind of saying. That if you like Deadpool enough and just want, you know, a book to read and have some fun and some one shots and things like that, you know, grab on. I'm saying right now, go jump on this book. If you are, you know, even if you're reading DC and you're listening to this and you drop a book uh, DC wise and you want to add another book, I'm telling you, give this a shot. This issue actually shocked me how it's much funny. I like yeah, it. And, and legitimately. It's Batman's origin I retold, know, that's what I like and, and it made me laugh so much. But it's it's done in a way that's it's a parody, but less of a parody than you usually get. Where it actually still hits very well and makes sense in this universe. And I I, I thought it was great. And you do have Good Night, and he grabs Deadpool, and Deadpool's like, you know, what's going on? Why are you doing all of this to me? And he's like, well. I'm going to tell you my story. And he grabs this no-bones Deadpool, grabs his big mace thing, and just takes to the streets and to the rooftops to go to Dragging what would his be... his body yeah, all through town. Which, what would be Marvel Universe's, you know, crime alley? He, yes. he ends up going to this alley. It, it's right outside a cinema. 
And even with that, which makes me laugh because he has gone or somebody has gone and put some good night graffiti there. It looks like uh, on the marquee of this old cinema might have been good night on there. Like this is his obsession. And you do see the whole deal that we had before. It was set up where Deadpool came. The parents got killed. We end up finding out that they are rich parents that have an enterprise, you know, the (laughs) Mueller enterprises. So that's funny. But the twist being is that after that, where we did have Deadpool, remember when he said, hey, listen, kid, you might want to have revenge. That'd be fine. But, you know, don't use this as your villain, you know, backstory. Don't become a villain earlier on the series. And we see he has become that. Deadpool's like, oh, you know what? Is it too late to say? I'm sorry. (laughs) And uh, what happens is after Deadpool left, we see where things twist. And again, this is a kind of a play on Batman, but also a play on the Batman origin that, A lot of times when you see your parents get murdered in front of you, you may not become a hero, uh, you know, that is going to go to the night. He becomes a villain, but he becomes a villain with a twist because that's when a hooded figure shows up and says, hey, if you follow what I'm going to do here, I'm going to tell you what you should do here. If you follow my plan, you will eventually get your revenge, gives him a sword, and basically he takes the credit for killing his parents. He's just there in this alleyway, and he gets arrested for killing his parents. And so you, you start with that. Uh, you want to reveal who the hooded figure is? Yeah, he, it ends he, up being Weasel, who, yeah, who's kind of been dead and come back a bunch of times. And we saw him in hell at yeah, one point. Yeah, we saw him make this, a so. deal again with the devil in hell, yep. you know, to get his revenge on Deadpool once and for all. And this is all part of that giant plan he's, he's yeah. acting. Yeah, this is the plan where you have uh, Goodnight end up getting uh, arrested. He ends up, and it's Franklin Mueller is his real name. He ends up getting sent because he's just a little kid. He gets sent to a juvie detention center until he's 18. And you start what is the darker version of, and, and uh, I think a cooler actually, the training that a Batman went through. Yeah. But instead he, he of that. He almost turns into Craven the Hunter at one yeah, point. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he ends up fighting everybody in jail. So that's the first deal. But that's when he gets out. You know, that's where Weasel comes and says, okay, let's go through this training. And basically, he takes him through history to train with the greatest people, the greatest minds, the greatest fighters. He ends up fighting a T-Rex. I mean, this is the history deal of every trainer that he can get a hold of, even like a Muhammad Ali boxer type guy. Like, And yeah, he's throughout history and time and space. He's a Viking at one point. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. He ends up killing a dragon. He's got to fight a dragon to yeah. slay his quote-unquote dragon. He's got to kill a real dragon first. Yep. Yeah, he kills a real dragon, and that's where it's revealed. It's Weasel. And he's like, all right, I went through all this. Now, what's going on? You know, what are who are you? Oh, I'm Weasel. You know, this is getting towards the end of your training before you're ready to fight and kill Deadpool. And Weasel hits him through a portal to hell. He goes to the devil. The devil's like, all right, we're going to do this. You're going to kill Deadpool. But first, here, I'm going to screw with you. Here's your parents. And they're going to turn into demons. You're going to have to fight your way out of hell now. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. It's, and it's I'm just you, crazy. And it is. It's just crazy. And it's it. the art is awesome. I love the way the art looks throughout this. It's a very quick read. But then he comes back. And in the twist here, he comes back to Deadpool. And Deadpool's standing there with him. And Deadpool's like, okay, really? You went through all this. All you really had to do was get out of jail and not even go to jail. All you had to do was grow up. Hit, hit the gym, uh, get big, and come after me. I, I wouldn't mind. You, you could have done this. Yeah, you went through all fought. this. 
And then you have the Deadpool kind of breaking the third wall a little, but referencing. And he's like, you know, the worst part of this, though, is I never got to see you make your, your costume. This is big. <laughs> yeah. this, this is, you know, this the main is part of the superhero yeah, origin. Yeah, this is backstory origin 101 here, you know, showing me. But the third thing and something that I should know as Deadpool, what you shouldn't do with this is talk too much. And I laughed at that, but then I realized, Oh, I get what he's saying because yeah, the healing factor back. kicked in. Yeah. He's got his he's got his bones back. So th- it was pretty cool idea of going through this whole backstory origin deal, and that just allowed Deadpool to heal. He has his his bones back, and then he just ends up as this mace is about to hit him. You know, Good Knight's about to hit him with this mace. He catches it, grabs it, and then conks him over the head with it, sends him flying, <laughs> and just says, and and in a, a a pretty funny thing too, is like, listen, this whole plot revenge thing now is going to take an extra issue it shouldn't have (laughs) but you wasted all this time and by the way I don't know if you know this, but look at the title of the book. It says Deadpool. It's not going to go well. I think it's not going to work well for you because of that. And I'm telling you, I read this. I laughed a bunch of times. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I like the idea that it is, you know, aping the Batman origin, which is the biggest origin in comics, pretty much that in Spider-Man. But, you know, you have that. But it's done in a way that I liked and I could just even go with it. And if you, for some reason, you never read Batman and didn't know the origin, you would probably think that this is the coolest origin story of any <laughs> guy ever. He fights a T-Rex. He kills a dragon. He ends up becoming space. a Viking. He boxes he, he, all these things, then goes and has to fight through hell. It's awesome. It really yeah. is. And it because is of that, I'm telling you, the the only thing that I could say that it, is that the story doesn't progress, but that's the story. The story is yeah. this good night. Make fun I love of that fact, you know. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm giving it a nine five. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was so good. I had a great time, and it's one of the reasons why I'm glad that we do Deadpool on the podcast because I I see there's there's not a ton of other Marvel podcasts that talk a lot of books. Not a lot of people talk Deadpool. They no. they they just shove it aside to get to what would be more you know know quote important books uh but yeah i really enjoy this and and this issue is one of those that i thought to myself like oh man you know scotty young i wish that he was staying on we'll have to see how it goes when he leaves yeah, i haven't I, heard anything about it in forever yeah. and even the solicits aren't to that point no yet, no so. and, and scott hepburn's art i thought was great i i really liked it what would you give it yeah, I'm gonna. You could talk me up to an eight five. I I, I initially gave it an eight. Um, no, I'm, I love it. I I just had a lot of fun with it. You know, the Deadpool book. Even after you know, probably issue three or four, I think we stopped talking it for a little bit, and then yeah, we, we brought did. it back because it started hitting a groove again. Yep. And, and I I think it's still there. It's in that spot where it's it's a book I actually look forward to that that Marvel puts out. I didn't think I'd ever really enjoy. I'm with you. Uh, I read it um, back when Jer- Jerry Dugan did it, but it was a much different book. It was more of a long-form story yeah. with, with clear arcs, and this is just a bit of you never know what you're going to get, and I do enjoy that from it. Yeah, yeah. I and, and one of the things was this book probably wouldn't ever have hit this podcast if we didn't have this weekend edition. If we were only talking, say, the four yeah. biggest books and things like that. 
Yeah, this would have been left behind. So I'm I'm glad that that's not the case because I've really enjoyed it. So that is one of my favorite books of the week. But we're going to go to the mail. And if you want to be part of the podcast on the weekend edition, it's when we read the mail. Email us at weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com. And the first mail is from Wolf Cipher, who says, Dear Jim and Brandon, I and and actually spelt your name right. That that is I'm telling you. Attention. Yes, that is something that when I see see the mail yeah it is brandon with an e something that i made fun of when we first started doing uh, <laughs> and uh, when brandon first started uh, writing into the dc podcast which was probably about three years ago yeah, and around you know episode 10 or something yeah. uh but yeah yeah it's with an e and he gets it right i don't think there's anyone at marvel who knows what to do with craven the hunter and only took the first chapter of amazing spider-man's hunted storyline to make me lose interest am i the only one who has noticed that every time any sort of craven story is told since craven's last hunt it's just a montage of recycled moments from all the prior craven stories let's examine the reused tropes and it is true a lot of people do complain that they're just always going to grab on to the last hunt and you know i'm sure that if you are a craven fan and i would make the all three of you out there if you're listening but craven is pretty popular i i say that it's the combo of that vest and, and the pants it's definitely I, I love, it's definitely half the uniform is at least know, where I'm some of his popularity that, that comes first, from it's so, such fir- a classic yes, look that first appearance uh when i did that for the secret origins i'm telling you i like the vest uh but the motley crew-esque tight pants Get me every time. In the hunt, we see Craven stark naked prowling around the Craven office state in preparation for the hunt. This is no different than in Craven's last hunt, obviously in tribute. But this was already referenced in Craven's first replacement, Vladimir the Grim Hunter, during the Clone Saga, and then again post-Clone Saga when Craven's next replacement, Alusha Cravenoff, did <laughs> the exact same thing. Every Craven story has to have the moment where insert Craven here has to run around nude in their estate on a mock hunt, and it's now been done for times. Uh, so there you go. That's yeah. the first one. Multiple Craven stories that focus or introduce a new era of Craven. During the Clone Saga, it was Craven's son, Vladimir. After the Clone Saga, it was Craven's other son, Aloysia, who was literally a copy and paste Craven. They wore the same costume and had the exact same features. Well, you know, I'd wear that costume too if it was me. <laughs> I'm telling you, I want to go as Craven for Halloween. It's like- it's like I, our Bill's best. We just pass them down generation that's to generation. Right. I'm telling you, if I'm going to do the Craven, I better start hitting that gym quick because yes. he's got some abs. At least Vladimir wore a unique costume and called himself the Grim Hunter. Aloysia was literally just New Craven. And now in the Hunt, we have a new New Craven, another son of the original. And while Grim Hunt didn't introduce any new sons, it didn't feature the whole damn family. Vladimir, Aloysia, Anna, and Sasha, the two later names being his daughter and wife. In the Hunt, Peter is at a disadvantage due to a fever. Grim Hunt literally started off with Peter going against the Cravens while suffering from a fever. And, and again, I'm not as, you know, read up on this, but it is starting to feel like nonsense yeah. now. In the Hunt, New Craven dressed as Spider-Man in his black costume. Of course, this is homage to Craven's last hunt. It, it was also used in Grim Hunt, the big Craven story during the brand new day era. Three Craven stories where Peter must be donning the black costume. In the hunt, Mary Jane is left alone waiting at Peter's apartment. Feel for of whatever is happening to Peter and his reigning Craven. The last hunt has Mary Jane left alone, fearing, reigning, etc. Peter is buried alive in Craven's Left Hunt, again in Grim Hunt. Seriously, the legacy of Craven is a lot retreading moments from all the past 
accumulated Craven arcs. All right, so there you go. He he has spelled it out. And I, He's a little admit. bit with me, although this, this HU issue kind of – it doesn't make me look forward to the next – issue in the no, hunted series but it, as a it, single it, deal yeah as a single yeah. one shot type yeah, it's, it's, it's good yeah i'm not down with spencer's uh asm run to be honest i actually enjoyed it up until the start of hunted recently i started to wonder if that's only because he's immediately following dan slot what i mean to say is i hated slot's run <laughs> and this is the other thing uh, when, when i was just doing dc stuff and I mean, Dan Slott and the Spider-Man run and all that stuff was so big that I, that I would hear, you know, rumblings and grumblings and things like that. And boy, I would hear, I hate love. It reminds me a bit now of, of Tom King's Batman yeah. run, uh, the way that it I seems to Tom have come King's down. I think Tom King's is a little more contentious, but, uh, Dan Slott's kind of a little more prickly around the surface. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> I stopped reading Spider-Man for a few years while Slot was on the book. As soon as Slot left, I came back. And since Spencer has been undoing a lot of the garbage Slot brought to his character, I may just be enjoying Spencer's run so far for being nothing like Slot's. There seems to be a few fellows in the Get Fresh crew who aren't one over on this current run. And I wonder if I would be in on the same boat. I'm just glad the whole Parker Industries bullcrap is over. Mary Jane's back. That clone conspiracy crap is behind us. I- I'm saying crap. That's not what he's writing, by the way. He, he is going against the <laughs> cursing rule. And Spencer is writing characters you know in character. Maybe Spencer's Spider-Man isn't that great, but it's far away from slot. I can't help but like it. I just need for this current hunted arc to end, either end or get better. And I- I've liked I've liked the Amazing Spider-Man enough. I just It seems to just be all over the place. Yeah. And, and being somebody who this is his first run of Spider-Man reading it, I need it to kind of get more focus so that I can get more focus and then I can kind of, you know, ease myself in. I am getting hit by what a lot of people, including in this, what Wolf Cipher saying is the greatest hits of things. And a lot. And so without the knowledge of that, I'm kind of being hit, you know, every which way trying to figure things out. If you have, you know, like the deep knowledge he has of the character, things you've seen and, uh, you know, been there, done that type thing going on for him. But he he's at least getting something out of, you know, resetting the pieces back to yeah. where he likes yeah. them. Yeah, and, and, and just think of the things, if you've listened to this podcast, think of the things that I've liked. The Jonah arc, and you were done with that and yeah. stuff like that. But I liked it because that's the sort of thing that I was looking forward to, to getting a story with Jonah. So I just like the fun of it. And Boomerang was great when he was around. I wanted yeah. more of that. It's, I liked- it's really weird. He introduces all these characters. We spend arcs with them yeah. or, or an arc, and then they I, just yeah. vanish from the book. I it, thought it's... the lookups was a uh, awesome idea that really was something that seemed real fresh to me. Yeah, it was but, unique. Yeah, and, and then we kind of just yeah. left that. Everything, and just, everything gets moved away from and actually and now i know everything the only thing i like that's gets is the, the villains he yeah, just keeps yeah. bringing back up yeah this craven deal uh definitely was from the beginning where we were getting the the little uh drips and drabs and i remember if you were listening right away and that was when eric was still on the podcast and right away you were like please we know this is craven please <laughs> reveal this so get let's get it. going yes. yeah i don't know who uh all will be available on the show when i read this it's me and brandon so to each available co-host what are your current must read marvel books uh what would yours be well if, if the ones that are coming out right now i really as far as spider-man things go i like superior spider-man yeah, I, I think love that's superior that's really actually fun. become my favorite book yeah uh, superior i like friendly neighborhood spider-man but we're still kind of yeah, easing our way into the yeah, story but i like that uh, and you know as far as you know uh, probably i'd say the podcast book of choice would be cosmic ghost riders initial that series from before we also love invaders we also love daredevil yep. Yep. uh 
Fantastic Four, I want to love more. Uh, I can't say that yeah, that would be a must-read right I now. I go back and forth on that one a lot. But yeah, Invaders, Daredevil, go back to Cosmic Ghost Rider. Uh, actually, as we go further and further, I actually am really starting to uh, say that I really liked Extermination more than I thought I did when that was coming out. Yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah, there, there's some other little books that we like. Uh, we did like Killmonger, but I don't think that's a must read, but we did yeah, enjoy it. Fun. Yeah. Uh, who is your favorite Marvel character? Who is yours? Oh, I know. Definitely oh, Spider-Man. I know. Yeah. Is I, I always say that I always think that yours is Wolverine. No. It, but so it is Spider-Man. Yeah, so yeah, there you it's, go. It's definitely, I like Wolverine a lot, but it's definitely Spider-Man edges them out. Yeah. Mine's that combo. And mine's such a weird, it's X23 and Gabby. It's Laura and Gabby. Uh, I came over here loving Captain America only from the concept of Captain America, what little I knew about Captain America and the movies. And, uh, yeah, and then I come over here and realize, well, maybe I didn't like Captain America as much as I liked Chris Evans. Yeah. And since he <laughs> thinks he's Captain America legitimately, I'll go with that. But, yeah, when I came over, I was really looking forward to Captain America. I don't really like the Tanisi Coates book as much. It's delayed but, for a bit, so you can forget about it. Well, I love him <laughs> in Invaders, though, so I realize, yeah, I do yeah. like it. But I'm going Laura and Gabby as a combo which then adds to the next deal who would win between your favorite marvel character and your favorite dc character and brendan who is your favorite dc character oh that would be batman that would be uh, i think batman might edge spider-man out based on just you know experience and uh what he's willing to do versus what spider-man's not willing to do it's funny my my actual favorite character at dc has a little bit of an asterisk because mine is dick grayson and where I say all the time, it's Dick Grayson. It's not just Nightwing, not just Robin. It's Dick Grayson himself. And I believe that Gabby would kill him. Yes. <laughs> I don't think, I, I'm telling you, I love Dick it's Grayson. It's not one I, of her sisters. No, no. And, and, and I will, fu- I will fully go that. with the idea that I'll go just Nightwing then. And he still loses. Yeah, he still he loses. Still- he dies. I mean, he doesn't <laughs> leave that fight. Uh, and even if they don't kill him, Gabby and Laura, uh, are, are gonna just maim him. They'll yeah. probably slice the back of his kneecaps. Uh, and, and in a gruesome or deal. Achilles. He's not that, to be yeah, or they both. Things. Achilles back of the uh knee, he's not doing any flying Grayson yeah. stuff yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh so my Marvel list is slowly increasing. I have a lot of Spidey books on the list. Well with Black Cat on the horizon. After hearing Brandon praise the current Daredevil run, I give it, a, I give it a chance and it's a read for me. My list is as of now, Amazing Spider-Man, Miles Morales Spider-Man, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, Spider-Man Life Story, which I completely forgot about. Yeah, I know. Uh, Venom, which we like, Immortal yes. Hulk, which I actually, we haven't had Immortal Hulk on the podcast for a while. I think it will make a return. I, I'm actually enjoying it. Now that we're, back at, on track. now that yes. we're out of hell, I actually really am enjoying it. And Daredevil, uh, with Black Cat Thor and Symbiote Spider-Man on the horizon. I'm telling you, uh, uh, Wolf Cipher gives Superior Spider-Man a, yeah, a, a look. Definitely it's should. really good. I think Compared it's, to, it's, if he likes Miles, he'll definitely like yeah, Superior. Yeah, yeah. Compared to what I'm reading over at DC Doomsday Clock, that is, it's a wonder. It's <laughs> taking me this long to finally send into the Marvel show. And that's from Wolf well, Cipher. He, he needs you, something Cipher. to do between Doomsday Clock releases. I that's mean, true. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's on a every six-month <laughs> schedule, right? I'm telling you, over it's at almost, the DC it, deal. It's, it's worse than, uh, what, Dark Knight returns at this point oh yeah or, or oh it's way worse the third one whatever yeah that one it was, was the called. one that you were doing uh yeah what was it called now you reviewed it dark something and yes. it, it, it was weird 
All right. The next email is from a, a fella who has probably one of the best names ever. If they did a remake of Point Break and needed a lead character's name, I would go with this. And if you're an American Dad fan, I would say that this would definitely be one of Roger's personas. This is Johnny Fresno, which is one of the greatest names I've ever heard. (laughs) And he says, oh, I listen to your podcast while I work out in the morning. Did I ever tell you that I prefer to work in them work out, <laughs> I love your take on Marvel Comics. I often laugh out loud from your comments and the other people in the gym probably think I am crazy. They give me a wide berth and this helps me get to the machines I want. That That is yes, the worst thing. That's, at, at that's a, a good at a plan. Thing. He hasn't acted though. If he, yeah, he it is. the machines you want at the gym at this time yeah. of the year, like before everyone's quit on going yeah, at this point? I, th- I think that it's about the time everybody's quit. Yeah, is it quit. getting there? Is it, there it is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the weather that, has broken. I'm yes. telling you, mid-February <laughs> is when those people leave. If not mid-January. They're like, well, what was this? this? These, uh, You know, this New Year's resolution stuff is really hard. And I'll tell you, I was going to so go, fast. I'm going to go back to the gym this week is what I told uh, Tanya. She does not believe me, which does end up being my trigger because then I get mad. Yeah, and you get motivated. Her. Yeah, yeah. I, I do get motivated. The thing is, I'm getting a little old to be motivated anymore. I, I get real lazy and tired. Hard, so we'll, yeah. we'll see how it is. Uh, but yeah, uh, that, that's the worst, especially when you have a workout that is really based on intense workouts where yes. you jump between like machines. Sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's like, the one. You're like, I got a half hour. I want to get six things done and get yes. out of here. Yeah, I actually do this one workout and I, I forget which, what, I, I forget what it was called, but it does involve, uh, at the end, you do one exercise. Say you're doing chest and you're doing bench press. You, you do a, a, uh, you know, six sets, I think, of, of bench press going from, you know, a lighter weight to a heavy weight, as yeah. you, you usually do. But then at that last one, at that last set of the bench press, you then jump to another exercise where you then do that exercise, you know, say an incline bench press or a decline even. Yeah. And then you do that for uh 12 reps at a heavy weight but you have to do it it has to be quick to get to that and yeah it's trouble and it is real <laughs> trouble at the gym and then you Especially end up getting, setting up two different benches it takes a yeah, couple minutes oh, you know? and i'm telling you that's where you get you know the road rage of the gym where you get gym rage i'd call it because then the guy's sitting there on the bench he's yapping yeah, he's the, doing the old nothing. guys who are just there to talk to everyone. Telling you, I, I have worse problems with the guys that look like they have a, a bit of enhancements going on, and they're <laughs> yeah. like, they're there, uh, you know, yelling it's and screaming, gym, throwing and their it, weights. You didn't ask permission. Yeah, really. Yeah, those <laughs> jerks. I'm sticking with the Matt Rosenberg run of Uncanny X-Men, even though I don't love it uh, any more than you do. I like your observation that this comic's mutant power is confusion. <laughs> I guess this run of Uncanny is an interpretive dance interlude before the next <laughs> X-Men epic begins and i I agree and i agree that's what it is you're just kind of there yeah really cats yes you ever see twilight is it twilight express starlight express no it it was a futuristic tron looking thing where people skated around that's nonsense it's a shame marvel team up is off to a shaky start i read and loved marvel team up and marvel two and one as a kid these titles introduced me to many great marvel characters and that's what i said i was excited for this yeah yeah. it was the marvel comics present books for me that that yeah. really got me in because those they were, were awesome always a wolverine story in those two yeah. for the most See, part there you go i thought i thought you liked the spideys <laughs> i did but if i got a spidey book it was all spidey yeah you know, wolverine ones were harder to find just wolverine yeah. 
yeah, until then it took off and there was everything. Yeah, I met, it was always Wolverine. Yeah, I met Stingray and M. Uh, Marvel 2-in-1, number 64. My life has never been the same. Oh, Stingray, <laughs> I hope the current team-up mag can build up some steam. I really hope so. It, it didn't even and, – and I've I read the, you know, recent Chip Zdarsky Marvel 2-in-1 and really liked it. And that was, you know, that was pretty much getting us ready for the Fantastic Four book. But I have gone back and read some of the ones on the Unlimited app. It, it had a different tone then. You know what I mean? This yeah. this seemed like it didn't have that tone of really being a, you know, a Marvel team-up book. It, it was just a way to get Miss Marvel and Spider-Man in a book together and just using that team-up name. It, it just didn't seem yeah. like just very what I wanted. just very cliched and then using a villain yeah. that hasn't been, you know – is quote unquote yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, was was burned to death, you said. Yeah, and just it didn't get me and I said it on the podcast, so this is reiterating it, but it didn't get me to either want to go read more Spider Man or Miss Marvel, uh, which is unfortunate because we're liking Miss Marvel as well, and I would like more people to read that uh going on uh from here. I abstain from major acts. And your podcast convinced <laughs> me my instincts yeah. were correct. I actually did my own separate podcast telling Eric the, uh, on Friday about Major X, and he just sat there laughing at how ridiculous it sounded. And I told him, you have to read it because it, it's more ridiculous than I could even yes. give it. Because I'm sitting there talking about it, and I even forgot when I was talking to him about Dreadpool and that nonsense, and you're an anomaly. And I'm yeah. like, oh, man, because totally then I remembered. I'm like, by the way, it also had this. And he's like, oh, well, Uh, his glory days, if he ever had any, meaning Rob Liefeld, were before my time. But the character's goofiness was somehow etched on my memory. Major X seems like the bullet man for our generation. Uh, Or he's saying that character before his days. I'll monitor this one from the distance. Uh, Bullet man. Uh, Yeah, I I do. I like Rob Liefeld for the reason why everybody hates him. Like, that's why I liked him. Yeah. It's almost like like he had another incident online this week you probably enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Oh. I watched it with people just he was blocking people and yelling at people and then people were tweeting him about how this major X book was the best book they've read in yep. 10 years mm. and like well, were you in prison and they didn't allow books I mean what happened were you in a coma really? with nobody seriously these people must have had head injuries and were in a coma for 10 years <laughs> thanks for your engaging podcast please keep making them and we will I, yes. I think that we might. Yep. I, I do. I do have to tell you this month. I may uh, say that we've done this enough. We're on episode sixty-eight. I still haven't done that deal on the Podbean that we host the podcast on, where you pay for a year and save money. <laughs> and I'm cheap, so usually I'll go with that. But I, I kept thinking, like, well, maybe we'll, we'll ditch this, and, and I don't want to end up paying. Maybe, I, maybe I can pay for a yeah. year now. That, that's yeah, when it's like, all right, we'll yeah, do at it. least another year in us. Yeah, yeah. And the next and last letter is from Dino. Dino, our man says hi, Jim. Not Brandon. I don't even think this was for the podcast, actually. (laughs) But but I decided I'm going to put it. And it ends up tipping our hand a bit, too. But he says, hi, Jim, just wanted you to share my letter to Domino Hotshots with you. I worked in weird science, so fingers crossed they print it. Now, should we reveal this? Because then it might throw it off, but we're going to reveal it anyway because I like the letter. I don't think Gail Simone's listening. Yeah, no. She was she was on uh, the other day on Twitter, 
asking people for suggestions for comic book podcasts that were fully positive <laughs> and uh, something. And I did see somebody, and I think it was Andrew in Belfast, actually ended up suggesting both the DC and the Marvel ones. I'm like, I don't know if that's what she was talking about there, Andrew. <laughs> she said she said fully positive. She she didn't say honest. Yep. She didn't want to positive. And then got in the whole nonsense. And, and in my mind, what she was doing is this was a backdoor way to trigger people again to mention comics gate. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and, and I will say I was yeah, actually. She plays some of those open-ended games. Yeah, and I actually I, I did enjoy that we had a couple people join in on the Patreon and went into Slack and the one said, you know, hey, what what's everybody's stance on Comicsgate here coming in? And I think it was John Wayne who basically just said there is no stance. We ain't <laughs> yeah. dealing with that nonsense. And I said, yeah, that, there you go. That that was added on to the don't talk sports, religion, or politics. Yeah, also Comicsgate because yeah. we're we're not down with that. But here is the letter he wrote in. Hi, hotline. First loved the Domino series and now loving Domino Hotshots even more. I dare say I had the luck of Domino to meet Gail Simone at Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle a few weeks ago. She is just the coolest. She signed my Domino Hotshots number one and Domino number one. Series proves that the sequel can be better than the original. I love the new additions to Dom's team. I am really excited to see what kind of weird science Gail has con- concocted <laughs> in the new character Atlas Bear. And I, I want Good more working. Atlas Bear. I, I actually was going to yeah, say I, really I, I do want more Atlas her. Bear. Yeah. She seems like she's got a cool weapon that hit Deadpool in the head, like broke his neck. Yeah, I want more of that. Hopefully not too late to answer who Dom's hot shot should go up against. I think it would be cool to see them versus the agents of Wakanda. Dom's misfits versus Black Panthers, that would be great. Where would Atlas Bear's loyalty lie? And issue number two, Deadpool's Grease reference was awesome. And that, that was the, that was the letter. And then he said, you know, says thanks a lot and stuff. But yeah, I, I agree. That Grease reference was my favorite. I thought that was great. There was also a aliens reference in there. There was a bunch of references that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, in that issue that I forgot to mention as well. But that is the mail. Thanks, everybody, for mailing in. And again, if you want to be part of the mail, you can mail in at Marvel. Uh, what is it? Weird, Weird Science, Science Marvel, Marvel Comics, Comics at, at, gmail.com. at gmail.com. It's in the show notes. I, I have too many email addresses <laughs> to remember. Uh, but also, we will stress. I just don't remember we... passwords. I always yeah, remember really. my login, never my yeah, passwords. Yeah. We'll, we'll remember. That's why you always go with the clever password yeah <laughs> yeah right admin that, that your username admin password password uh but yeah if anybody writes in we want to say that you know even if you have some trash talk uh say that you don't like the hiss as they say <laughs> uh you can that, email that's us. left for the google reviews yeah we we read everything and that was proven last week when we had a lot of mail uh, but we're going to move on to the next book, then, you know, the second half. We're in the second half. We've gone into the locker room. We've made some halftime adjustments uh, <laughs> to come out. And what is the first book we're going to talk about, Brendan? It's going to be Cosmic Ghost Rider number two, or Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys the Marvel History number two, uh, written by Paul Shear and Nick Giovanni. Todd Nuck is the artist. Antonio Fabella is doing colors. VC's Travis Lanham is on the letters. Uh, resurrected as the Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, Frank made some questionable deals and became the right hand of Thanos, attempting to right Thanos' wrongs. Frank went back in time to kill baby Thanos, only to raise him and subsequently return baby Thanos to the original timeline, where he still turned out horrible. Now Frank is stuck in the past, and despite the Watcher U- Utu's warning, he has decided to prevent his family's murder. Disguise himself as his Uncle Fredo, 
Castle has infiltrated his family home and been entertaining his son with stories of Cosmic Ghost Rider's involvement in shaping the world's greatest superheroes as he counts down the time until the cost. Costa's fateful yeah. attack. Yeah, and so he's waiting. That's everybody's. You're you're waiting for the attack that yeah. ends up, you know, killing his family. Get a little closer punisher. to that this issue. So we move now, that, like you know, five centimeters. We need yeah. to. And here's my issue with this. Uh, first off, he isn't destroying crap yet. I mean, <laughs> really, this has become well, he just interacts with Spider-Man. Well, this is what I'm saying. All. He ends up. It, it ends up. Now we know that he's going through time and things like that but th- this is where you would want to have this this thing he's more of a forest gump yeah. than a destroying the marvel universe i agree and, with you with the forest gump yeah there. that's yeah. all he's he just is an observer he's of just history there yeah. and yeah he pushes spidey in this issue to do some things but he would have done them anyway. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's you really speed up some all things. Out anyways, yeah. And the, the problem I have with this is how you're setting this up is you have, you know, the older cosmic ghostwriter Frank there talking to his wife and kid about these stories. And as he tells them, that it's not changing anything. Like, I want to have it where he accidentally went and he became Spider-Man. And so you ended up having Ghost Rider Spider-Man or something. So when he goes to tell the stories, his wife sits there and goes, what are you talking about? Who's this Spider-Man? You must mean Ghost Spider-Man. Yeah. or say, Like, there's no sort of thing yeah, that no we're twist. getting. There's, there's no, no destroying what he this ends up being. faster. And, like, the, the one scene, it, it really, you know, comes to point is – the clone saga where he just yeah. speeds it all up and tells who's who. Yeah. And, and you so know. what this ends up in last issue, we said this is a lot like uh, Ed Pisker's grand design. Mm-hmm. Now, coming up, you have Mark Wade's history of the Marvel Universe coming up. What this ends up in my mind is I, I would call it. Let's go through the jokey version of the Marvel Universe. This yep. is, you know, Frank Castle talking about what happened in the past, but turning these scenes that everybody knows, except old Jimmy Warner here, uh, uh, to be a joke. You know what I mean? So you have the Clone Saga, which, you know, even I know the big thing of it being over long. And yep. It just ends up here where he's like, yeah, do this, this, and this. Yeah, you go, hey, hey, Ben, you go to Canada, you become the, you know, Canada. Canada Spider-Man, you do this, and then, you know, we could save everybody a year and a half. Where is it destroying anything? And I I want the twist where we see, because the only thing that we can see that's going to destroy it is him not allowing his family his family to go which was which would then prevent it's it's a you know it's one of these paradoxes where if that doesn't happen cosmic ghost rider would never happen he disappears and then all this resets to what it is anyway but it didn't change and i'm telling you you're gonna have this and i'm getting angry because i really (laughs) wanted to like this and i really think that what happens with this book is people sit there and say oh man jim and brandon they say cosmic ghost rider was the best book ever um i'll read that later but i'll go and read this cosmic ghost writer destroys marvel yeah. history and go well, what are they have they been in a coma because <laughs> they're, they're acting dumb because this isn't that great no. yes this is one of those that if you are big marvel fans you might get a kick out of seeing uh, the art's great yeah i like uh, that but throwback you, art especially but but i mean you you even go you know with jj's son and you have all that and you, but it's just everything with cosmic ghost rider with him and <laughs> yeah. nothing he's changes. just there for the ride literally 
Yeah, I mean, at one point, and, and he's what literally happens, there at one point for the ride, just riding alongside I mean, the and, car and, Spider-Man. Scene. And yeah, yeah, and you even see, you know, when when Peter first went in the alley and went up the wall, there's Cosmic Ghost Rider in the car, almost hits him. And, yeah. yeah, almost hits him. Then he's wrestling with him. The problem is, is he obviously didn't destroy anything because. The story progresses. So if, if there's where he sees him, if he ended up hitting Peter that first time Peter climbs up the wall and then it's like, oh, no, I better become Spider-Man so that people, you know, this can work out or whatever. Now we have a story. Yeah, now we have some fun. history. Exactly. And now we have some fun where you have a Frank Castle who sits there trying to remember what happened. And it keeps on going to a progressively, you know, worse and worse and worse, which then leads to the big twist where he goes to stop, you know, his, his the killers of his family. Yep. And then probably by that point realizes I've messed up enough. The only way I can fix this is to allow my family to die so that I become, you know, the whole Ghost Rider deal so that later I could become the Cosmic Ghost. And that's how he would reset it. And then we have a half of an issue, number five, where he goes back and fixes things, yeah. where we see him. Not, but this is nothing. This yeah, I, is, I don't have a lot of fun with that. I do like the art a lot. And I, I yeah, thought the, art's the jokes great. were better this issue than yeah, they were some last jokes. issue. I mean, the jokes, though, are the idea of a clone saga going too long or the idea that I, I got a kick that Frank ends up being the photographer that keeps beating Peter yeah. to, to making to the, the pictures. Stories. But then again, so why did I like that... the me too joke where that guy's calling the girl yeah. broads or he's, yeah, she's yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, that's not going to play. Yeah, out later. Like, but, yeah. but, but where do we see these things? If we would have seen where, what, uh, what I also would have wanted to see when, when Peter hangs it up, right? He hangs it up and that's when Kingpin go, why didn't we see that it was Ghost Rider who was what Filled made in. him hang yeah. it up or, and, or, or made him like hang that. up because yeah. he ended up screwing something up? And, and where I think that they messed up this, the way that it's going is there's like you said, there's no twist. The twist of these sort of stories is to see that the history that we thought we knew actually was influenced by something else behind the scenes that now we see. And so that's what the fun of it is, or the fun of a Cosmic Ghost Rider mini that, uh, you know, Donny Cates did was the idea of it changing something and it ended up being worse. You know, the yeah. whole idea of if you kill Hitler, you get super Hitler. You, you end up making Thanos, not Thanos. Now he's, you know, Punisher Thanos and, and things like that and all that stuff. And yeah, I keep saying Ghost Rider, but it's Cosmic Ghost Rider and, and the Punisher deal. I, I don't know what it, it's getting me all confused. But with that, you, you're going on with all this stuff, but we're just waiting for Frank to become the Punisher. And yeah. we don't even get him. It's just this older version. And it just threw me off. We haven't even and, seen the regular Frank. You know what I'm that's saying? What I'm like saying. That would make yeah. it at least semi interesting if he had an encounter to, with himself. But we're not even yeah. getting that. And so even in just... this, then you then you get to Daredevil, and you get that whole deal, and, and you get the Sin Eater story, but nothing changes. No. It, it's nothing. It's just like I expected, you know, you'd find out then that something happens, and now Frank has to become the Sin Eater to make the story work <laughs> or do something like that. But we never get that. Yeah, we never get works. that clever twist. We never get where he is destroying anything or changing yeah, it or going. It destroys Marvel history in name only. And, and yeah. that's really it. 
It's, it's uh, ghost <laughs> cosmic ghost rider destroys Jim's interest in this book. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's like uncanny, uncanny bores me. This, uh, but uh, it, it's you'd get a kick, I guess, if you want to see the history. But with these, you know, like I said, Ed Pisker's grand design is a better version of of this in the X Men side of things, and you know, you don't have to be joking. And the Marvel uh, history deal with Mark Wade coming up, I'm sure, will be a better version as yeah. well. So yeah, this throws me off. Uh, I just the art's great when you go back to these old scenes and you get that old newsprint deal it's awesome uh but because of that I, I can give this a 5 5 uh this was a big disappointment for yeah, me, me we too. were looking forward to this and I'm afraid that people who haven't read Cosmic Ghost Rider uh will end up you know saying ah this isn't for me and not going to read that but I suggest go read that that's awesome uh just I'd skip this. It's not that great. But we do see that, well, finally at issue three, looks like, you know, the hit is on. They're going to go uh, to kill the family, and we'll see how that works out. Uh, what would you give it? Yeah, I think I, I'm going to give it a 5-5 five, because five, I do enjoy the art in the series a lot. And I do – I thought the humor was better this issue than it was in the previous issue. But, you know, the story just doesn't it, – it doesn't hold my interest. It, it's it, a, it's yeah. very wordy, too, so it feels like it's yeah, still – Yeah, it is. Takes it took me, me forever, forever to, to get read. through yeah, it. So. yeah. Yeah, and I, I just think that it, it almost seems like as of now, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but as of now, uh, it, it's kind of like a switch, uh, bait and switch. Yeah. I thought we were going to get I something different. I mean, I don't different. need a recap of Spider-Man's history. Nick Spencer's doing that for me already. Yeah, so. <laughs> now is this, yeah, and now is this the thing that this is the setup so that when his family does get, I don't know, he stops the family from getting killed. So now there will never be a Cosmic Ghost Rider because there won't be a Punisher. Then he won't turn into Cosmic Ghost Rider. And then we'll see that he messed up because he did go back and interact. But then we're going to have to go through these scenes again. Yeah, I know. Is yeah. that the twist? but you need a twist for you need more of a twist in each book you need something and it just like i said it's forrest gump he's yeah. just talk, and he's just talking these stories so who knows yeah, he's not he even doing them it could yeah, be fake could, like we said yeah. last issue it could all be i will up. tell everybody on the dc side of things so frank's son is definitely the marvel version of jelly bean from <laughs> yes, silencer he is. he is he is exactly crazy jelly ice. bean oh my he's just sitting there he don't know what's going on uh but we're gonna go to the last book he loves him Spider-Man, though. He loves you. I like Mr. Spideys, he's probably saying with his uh, his dull look in his eye. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go to the last book of the night. This is the one that we talked about earlier that I mentioned, and you can go with this as well because this yeah, is one of your this books. This is Amazing Spider-Man, number 18, dot H-U, uh, written by Nick Spencer, art by Ken Lashley, and colors by Eric Ar. Chichenia? I don't I don't know. Arseniega. There we go. We'll, yes. we'll say it that way. Witness. Uh, yes. Repeat after me. Arseniega. Arseniega. There we go. Malekith. I used to, I used to sound out student, <laughs> students' names, believe I'm it or not. I'm trying to get you on board here. Yeah, Malekith. Yeah. Malekith. There you do, go. Do that it while I'm reading work. a Thor one. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> keep saying that to you. All the uh, other things. Well, here's another one that's going to twist me up. Witness Sergei Kravenov. Craven the Hunter reclaim his lost glory as he and his one true heir lead the grandest hunt the modern world will ever see. In Manhattan, the apotheosis of civilization, millionaires and billionaires, once settled for guided sorties of the savannah, will at last unshackle their predatory mastery pursuing the deadliest game. Criminals who dare claim that was man. with the beasts of the wild. There's a new one. Yeah. Together with the prey that have always eluded Craven himself, the amazing Spider-Man. 
These men and women will know what it means to be hunted, and it is Gibbons' turn this issue. Yeah, it is Gibbons, and it's it is the HU issues, and the first one we had uh was Black Cat. And if you were listening, me and me and Brandon ripped it apart. And I, I did apologize then later, saying that I didn't really get the idea. In my mind, it was my stupidity. Uh in my mind I thought the HU stories were the the full hunted stories, not yeah. the side stories with characters. Yeah. So that was part of the reason why and also like we said, we had already gotten a bunch of the black cat stuff earlier in the run. We didn't get Gibbons stuff, and I don't know much Gibbons. Yeah, so I don't if, either, if, really. He's yeah, not- and, and, and I think that it's better served here because you don't have a, a lot of people. Yeah, you have John Jack, who seems to love Gibbon. Him and three other people, <laughs> yeah. they should go and have the coffee Gibbon together because yeah. there, there is not many. Uh, I would say after this issue – there's going to be a few more. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're not going to have much ends. to talk about after <laughs> this, but you could go back and read some things and whatnot. So if you do know a lot about Gibbon, you may have Brandon's reaction to Black Cat because yeah. you are going to get a recap of his story. But again, Gibbon is not a well-known you know, villain like this. So going into the story, it is better served to get this background. Now, the whole issue is basically set up so that after this, we can really be PO'd about this hunt and really want things to happen and really want people to get their comeuppance. By the end, I better, do. better move this thing forward a bit. Yeah. And, and so with this though, y- you end up where uh, I'll tell you, it, it reminds me or at least shows me that uh Nick Spencer can write and Nick Spencer can write a, a story in one issue that gets me involved and gets me emotionally attached to a character I never knew. Yep. And so this is where I also get on the side note, get a little angry because I'm like, hey, Nick, you have done this with Boomerang now. <laughs> You're now doing this with with Gibbon. You did it a bit for me with Jonah, Jay Jonah. Uh, why can't we get a, you know, more focused story in your regular run? Because I have a feeling if, if he does end up doing that after this, you know, this whole story, it, it may become my favorite book in comics. Yeah. Because I wish he, he is, would do it with Spider-Man himself. The, yeah, know, the, that's the what guy I'm saying. The book's I, if, named after. Yeah. If we could go do that going forward, because, you know, I come into this not knowing the Gibbon at all. I know his backstory now. And yeah, you're going to redo it. And you said this is Nick Spencer's kind of, that's his kink a little is going back to the past and, and showing you that he knows what's going on, which he does, but it ties into this hunt. They're obviously, they're, they're hunting all the animals they're going after. You even have the idea that Gibbon is a joke and he is. And so as he's going on, he tells you people laughed at him. He was bullied, goes, you know, the bullies, you know, don't always lose. Like in, you know, in real life, they come be, become, you know, CEOs and things. And unfortunately my life has stunk. <laughs> and you start to feel forgiven. All the forgiven. way through, yeah, like from yeah, you start the beginning to, feel from. to now, it's it's echoing what happened. And, to him and in here's the, the deal: you, you may hate Craven a lot after this, just because of what he set up. But boy, I hate Livewire more. <laughs> I, I want to go find Livewire right now. I'm going to kill him myself. Steals his lady. I mean, and she's even in there. And he ends up. Throughout this, I think that what we get is Gibbon is a good guy. He wanted to be, you know, team up with Spidey. Yeah, he even wanted to kind of be a hero at first. Yeah, he did. And unfortunately, Spidey Spidey laughed. And I don't think it was so, it wasn't to be mean. It just, he was laughing. And then 
it triggered him, and then he became this villain. But yeah, every step of the way, he he keeps trying to do something good. It ends up backfiring. It's just because people think he's a joke. The biggest thing that happens in this that is the big unfortunate deal is Spidey tells him to go with him in this hunt. Yeah. And says at the beginning, you know, hey, come with me. And he doesn't go with him. And it's like the worst because even Spidey by the end is like, you should have come with me. I I, I would have protected him. But instead, you know, he, he, he went. went with Vulture, oh, yeah, yeah that went, happened in the last issue, uh, yeah. 18. And, and we see here, though, is he went off with Vulture because Princess Python, Zelda, is in this hunt as well. And he thought that she might end up being more involved with, you know, Vulture than joining, yeah. Yeah, than joining Spider-Man. So he was still trying to get her back. That led him to make the wrong decision. And really, we know this. Women make the, you know, make you do some crazy things if you're a guy out there. Uh, Brandon has another kid on the way. He, he will tell you that's what happens. He, he wants to, you know, he wants people to love him. He wants to have friends. He even have the part where he teamed up with Grizzly. Yep. And they, they had, you know, a team a up, a pair, which is cool. And, uh, so yeah, you get all this. You see that, you know, Python left, Lady Python left, uh, with Livewire and they laughed again as trigger is laughing and it's princess python i'm sorry but yeah as trigger is people laughing and she even laughed when they left you know live wire and they get in the car and laugh but then we go back here and yeah he, he even says like yeah you know i would go to the the, the treetops that was how i would escape and all this but by the end here we see He's dying. Yep. He ended up getting, you Too know, many he, bullets and arrows and arrows and stuff. A big spear, it looks like. And then you have what I think that Nick Spencer does a pretty good uh, job of showing you just the ridiculousness and the unnecessary nonsense that this is this hunt where you have these two hunters there uh, a husband and wife for this is their anniversary and like hey baby great anniversary right and of course they are in these you know tech deal yeah, the craven suits the craven suits that's controlled even though the i don't know why they'd have long hair i know i was like gonna that. say the one yeah that's like a little the off. artists are a little confused are these people yeah because in them these or were suppo- yeah because these were supposed to be you know control deals yeah. so uh, it was a little off to me unless they do that so that you can kind of distinguish who your friends and stuff yeah. like but it is funny because you have the the lady with the long hair but also the craven painted on goatee and mustache it looks yeah. cool <laughs> it looks like you know maybe that she should be in a heavy metal group she's, as well but she's yeah. wearing that v for vendetta mask a yeah little really bit, so yeah so cool. they're going and like hey baby you know this is great great anniversary right and they come across gibbon who's just like please you know help me and they come over man what's this a monkey and he's like no i'm gibbon and like uh what should we do this doesn't seem like fun yeah. and, and almost like the idea like of pity him even this, further yeah, like and pity him and even like yeah this isn't the fun that we wanted we want a refund he is dying this isn't like they may be these you know ai robot controlled deals that but these are legitimate villains and it's been set up very well by nick spencer this is just a guy who has had the worst luck and they're going to put him out of his misery. They end up shooting him to, you know, oh, that's what you do with an animal. And then as he's dying, he does, you know, remember when he was off on and the other uh, dimension where he was with all the other apes where he's like, man, you know, th- that place was kind of crappy. But, you know, at least I had some people like me and whatnot. Now, I have a feeling that if he does go 
to any sort of uh heaven. Gibbons heaven might be going back to a thing like that. Uh but yeah, that's when Spidey shows up and sees Gibbon and, and it is some some good, you know, feels yeah, here. Good I, narration got, then. I got choked up because he's like, Come on, Marty, and I love that too. You have him go Gibbon and then run over and then you know, Nick Spencer shows you that he, Spidey knows him and is gonna treat him with respect and yeah. to be there. And the thing is Gibbon's not so upset now because he gets to die, you know, with a with a friend here, and and but he can't talk because he was shot in the head, and he's like, I want to tell him, you know, I want to tell him that, you know, I always liked him and things like that, and he's getting colder, and he's like, oh, you know, well, I guess it's not that bad because nobody's laughing, and he's just riddled with arrows. Then you see just the mess he is. I got choked up. I I really did. (laughs) Yeah, I got choked up for it. You, you tell me on Friday, hey, you're going to read a Gibbon story and get choked up a Gibbon. I don't even know who you're talking about. And now I do. And now it's like, you know, that's good. And this is where, you know, this is a story that was set up. Uh, you know, I, I hate to throw shade at, at DC sort of things, but, you know, this is the sort of thing that we get a lot in the Batman deal, like a Kite Man sort of thing that yep. uh, this, this felt more real to me. This felt more deserved. This is just a side issue that was tied for my favorite issue of the week. Uh, maybe even a little more. And that's, uh, I'm going to go 9-6. I actually loved it. I, I thought it was great. It, it doesn't get me. And the, the big thing I will tell you, you're right. It didn't get me that excited for the, the ongoing hunt. Yeah. But as a single issue for what it's supposed to do to get me upset, to show me the stakes that it's not just. And I think that this is basically Nick Spencer saying, OK, I have these robot guy, you know, Craven versions with these pieces of crap controlling them chasing villains nobody's gonna care you know you do have spider-man in there but who cares if villains die this shows you why we should care yeah. because these villains and, and are they people do a better job of at least you know offing uh gibbon here than they did of iguana last issue who looks yeah, like yeah. also got killed and again, but just though, to less if, fanfare yeah. and again if, if, if iguana dies or say you know uh princess python dies now uh, you know, I, what do I care yeah, about I Princess Python? Yeah, it's, it's or really. you have, you know, you have these villains that some of them, if they're going to die, and, and you're not going to be allowed to kill big villains. Right. So these side villains, there's going to be ones like, well, he's a serial killer. Why, why should I feel bad for him? This shows you why. This yeah. shows you that yeah, there book. are some some villains there that are villains you know, with word only sometimes. They're also, you know, unfortunately, because he happened to be the Gibbon, he's involved in this. And another big, you know, stroke of bad luck yeah. that he had, that he's Just an animal-based villain. Poor guy. I mean, and even the, the funniest thing, too, in this that made me laugh was just in the middle of this where everybody's going and they are going to kill Gibbon. And he, he would die right then and there. But Rhino comes flying through and knocks everybody on their butts and then just runs out. Um, but yeah, and that allows Gibbon to sit there and think about things as he's dying. But yeah, I, I thought that it was great. What would you give it? Yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, so, no. so it could be my book of the week just over Deadpool because even yeah. the art was really, you know, it, the art was awesome. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it. I liked it better than what we're getting from Ramos in the main series at this point. Yeah, this uh, this art's incredible. Yeah, well, it was I, I a good it. job by Ken Lashley. I think uh, they I said yep. the art was in the beginning. So yep, it is. It is um, Ken Lashley. You know, I I think overall I've had 
more fun with the HU issues, which I was kind of fully against uh, when this thing started, than I have with the main series. Yeah. And I just hope 19 kind of moves this thing and gets me excited about the book again. Yeah, I'm going to go 9-6, like I said, because I want it to be my book of the week as well. And, yeah, now I'm a Gibbon fan, but, you know, rest in peace, buddy. <laughs> this is for you. I'm going to pour one out for yes. my homie later. Have a beer, uh, beer for the Gibbon. Yep. That's what you do. But yeah, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for everybody who mailed in. I will mention again, if you want more talk and some bigger books, it seems, because that's what the bad butts are picking, you can go over to the Patreon and get a bunch of other shows as well. And if you're in, you know, if you're interested in other things other than just Marvel comics, we have DC comic shows over there as well as indie comic stuff as well. I think the last, I, I actually, I think this coming up week, uh, for the indie deal, we're going to be doing one of those Ghostbusters books that have been coming out weekly from oh, yeah. IDW. Uh, just to throw that out there if you're interested. But yeah, go over to patreon.com slash weird science and you could just go to support us. We have a level where you can just, you know, throw us a buck because of what we do and whatnot. But hey, you know, I, I sound like I'm begging because I am <laughs> and I'm not. But that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks everybody. Anything else to say, Brandon? No, no. I'm All not. right. We are done and out.